0: Season 7, episode number 3, David Pollock. You may know him through his years at ESPN as a sports broadcaster. If you're a football fan, you knew of David as an All-American at Georgia and a former first-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. And you may know some of that story of breaking his neck when he was with the Bengals and watching, well, his dream at that time of being an NFL player change and adapt and move. And he will tell you in this episode that then that dream job opened up And the doors of media opened up at ESPN, and he got to live out a dream job of being on the set of game day. And a little bit like that broken neck, those doors here rather recently have closed as well. So what's next? What's next? How do you live a life in our faith, right, with an open hand of, Lord, this was my dream. This is what I've known. This is how I provide. What is next for me? And maybe even you're not in that position right now. Inevitably, you will be one day. Or you may know somebody that's going through it like David is right now. Where does that faith come? Where does that trust come? How do you take those steps? David Pollock, what a blast to catch up with him, and you're not gonna wanna miss his message. Next. I've known David Pollock, the football player and the commentator. I didn't know David Pollock, the, the teenager, the son, uh, the Southern boy, I didn't know any, and don't know anything of that. David Pollack. can you take me in the wayback machine?
1: Well, if you know me now, you can probably imagine how annoying I was. Um, I have always been a person that is exceptionally high energy, and um, not for everybody—that is for sure. But just um, you know, honestly, when I was younger, man, I didn't know what to do with my energy. I was always. Um, Go, go, go. Um, I I love sports with all my heart, man. Sports was the number one passion in my life, the number one thing that we did as a family. It's the number one thing that was uh, probably the most important thing that we did growing up as as a family. But um, my parents also, like, was really, really, really cool because my parents, they just let me be a kid. Um, Rode my bike a ton, was in the yard a ton, uh, but went from sport to sport, playing sports. Um, I, I was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And moved down to Georgia when I was like four years old. Um, and my brother started playing football at six, and he's two years older than me. And my parents would always tell me, they're like, dude, you played football as a four-year-old because you were just flying around tackling everything on the sidelines. And, you know, it got a little weird when I tackled a cheerleader and got in trouble. But um you know, just I, I just had a, a lot of energy. My, my family came from a background where we like to play, we like to have fun. I'm the spitting image of my of my mom. So, um, just uh, just a joyful. You know, I, I was definitely a kid that was joyful and played and ran around. And I got in a little bit of trouble because I didn't know how to displace all of my energy at times. But that was kind of kind of me growing up. I was always a good kid, even though I wasn't in church and. I didn't know Jesus like I was always a good kid and did right and God protected me from a lot of different things. Um, I definitely knew right and wrong and was raised with with right and wrong.
0: So the just the two Pollock boys, any sisters, any other brothers?
1: That's it. My brother Jason's two years older than me and then me.
0: Would it be fair to say that if a uh, clinician was back in the day and five, six, eight year old Davy Pollock walked into the office, would you have been ADHD? Not only
1: was that fair, that was also accurate because I was definitely diagnosed with it. But my mama refused to give me medication, so um, she told she said she always told my teacher she's like, "Listen, just you have to direct him on a task. Like if you give him idle time, she tells the story all the time. She told my kids the other day, um, I, if I got off schedule and, and had downtime and I would blow through my work real quick, she's like, I got calls because you would cut the girls' hair in front of you, and I was like, ooh yeah, so." Uh, my mom, my mom was very quick to teach him. Like, listen, if he finishes and he does something, and you have downtime. Like, give him a broom, tell him to sweep the room; he'll do it. Like, but do not let him have uh, a, a lot of free time because he will absolutely turn it into uh, to playtime in some
0: way, shape, or form. <laughs> do you remember cutting her hair?
1: I don't. I, I don't remember that. I remember my mom telling me, and "I was like, oh gosh." So that was definitely. And then, like, literally, because I tell my kids all the time that I'm not very bright, and my mom's like, you were a straight-A student. And, you know, moms are delirious about what they were. But my mom, like, pulled out some of my report cards the other day, and we started going through them, and every single one of them needs to focus more and could (laughs) could be a little quieter. Like, it was every one of them could use a little more focus, and my kids were rolling on the ground laughing.
0: But mom wouldn't medicate you.
1: No, mom did not. Mom refused to.
0: Okay, so two boys grew up in a home of play. Grew up in a competitive home, not too dissimilar to the Hewitt home of three boys. Knew right from wrong. Treat people the right way. You do the right thing. When did church? When did Jesus? When did relationship start to come about? Man,
1: there was two huge
0: things in my life that happened. So my neighbor, he goes, he
1: asked me one day. He was like, "Hey, man, you want to go to a lockout?" And I was like, oh, "What?" What the heck's a lockout, bro? And um, this was before this was before my senior year. And uh, he said, you basically stay up all night playing sports. And I was like, wait a minute. You can go to bed whatever time you want. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, in. Now, he didn't tell me about the Jesus part. He didn't tell me about the church part. Um, but I vividly remember it was the first time I'd ever heard the gospel. Uh, we did not grow up going to church. Um, to this day, I don't know that we've ever gone to church as a family because me and my brother and uh, our relationships and, and his choices have kind of separated us all. Uh, but my mom and daddy are in church now with me every every Sunday, which is another story that's flipping amazing. Um, and told me about a lockout when played first played, uh, First seed that got planted in my life was that first time I heard about it. And then um, the, the second was I had a teacher named Mark Watson, and he was my, my physics teacher as a junior and this dude had a jesus fish and i told you i had a propensity to get in trouble and talk back and and be active and he had the most calm spirit ever and he he treated me with such respect and was just so and he he played praise and worship music before he came in i still went to a public school um but i'll never forget i'll be like dude this dude's different you know he's got something inside of him that that is very different the way he talks to people and his peace that he has um, so I thought that was really, really unique. And for outside reading, and, and this is this is cool, man, because I just think that God uses so many different things to bring us to Him. And a lot of times it's our stubbornness, and it's our flaws, and it's our things that we see, and we see an area that we're trying to actually not use that He ends up using. But for outside reading for English, my senior year, you had to read a book and you had to pick a book. Well, I was like, hey, I told my English teacher, I was like, I want to pick the Bible. And the reason I wanted to pick the Bible was again, I had a seed planted a while back, but then Mr. Watson, I was like, I bet I could annoy him if I learned some of the Bible. Like, I could probably learn some of the this statement stuff and tick him off. And um, man, I chose the Bible for outside reading to read 200 pages. And she was like, Well, I can't meet with you. She was like, I don't know the Bible. And I was like, Okay. I said, I bet Mr. Watson can. And um, Mr. Watson agreed to sit down and meet with me. And I started, he's like, he's like, Hey man, start with the gospels. And that's why I tell everybody when I, when I talk to him, like, start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because the the Bible is fascinating. And there's a lot of things that we could debate and talk about back and forth. But the the Bible is not a, the Bible is about Jesus. Jesus is the story. Jesus is the Bible. Like everything else, everything else is details. Um, So he did a cool job. He sat me down and we went through the gospels and we started to read it. And man, it jumped off the page. And it just, it absolutely changed my life and changed my views. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, this is a guy that was born into nothing that was of nothing and and, and, and had been prophesied about for years and years and years. And, and nobody wanted this to be true. Like this wasn't something that people wanted and, and was pulling for. Like, how did he do this? He wasn't a king. And if you look in history books, like you see all these kings And during this time in the late, late, in the early parts of our country, in our world, like you didn't have Wikipedia, bro. So you got like tiny blurbs of of huge leaders that led for 40, 50 years because they didn't really believe in like writing a bunch of things about people and and historically documenting things about people back then. I'm like, but you got a book about this, dude. The most popular book that's ever been written, uh, a book that sold more copies and dwarfed everything else in the history of this world. Like, how is this possible? And and God grabbed a hold of my life. And, and I started to go to church as a, as a senior in high school. Um, got given a Bible for my, my signing party with the University of Georgia, and just I started to to live out my faith journey, and nothing was more fitting, nothing was more um perfect for my life than to have Coach Rick who was a a godly man and I'm coming under him and nothing was more rewarding than having FCA. And so these are these are things I support to this day and make sure that I do a lot of things with because it it shaped the foundation of who I was, because all of a sudden I became a Christian, finished my senior year of high school and then went off to college to play college football. So um, that is how that is how I got plugged into my faith. It was kind of an unorthodox, strange way to get around. But God used it definitely for for his glory.
0: You know, it's amazing. Davey is doing these episodes and, um, boy, howdy is on the producer end. James Osborne is his name. And and we say this all the time after we finish all of these. And when we're done today, inevitably I'm going to say to boy, howdy like, man, I just love these stories because not only is it about David Pollock, but it's about Mr. Watson. And from Tony Dungy to Matt Hasselback to so many people's testimony, their story, right? It is about someone by and large, if we've done fifty of these or close to it, like by and large, it is somebody that just invested in somebody's life. Like, is is Mr. Watson still around? <laughs> Do you ever send a note to Mr. Watson? Do you ever think about Mr. Watson? Oh,
1: a hundred percent. And honestly, God, I have two people in my life too. Like, Mr. Watson was that for my for my spiritual life, but Mr. Eddie Shattuck was that for my football life because my sophomore year I didn't play JV or varsity. I was kind of stuck between you only get so many quarters. I was a backup on varsity, so I didn't play. Um, and I, after my sophomore year, I was like, dude, football is way too hard to be sitting on the bench. Forget this bull crap. Like, I quit. And, and Eddie Shattuck uh, talked me into coming back. He was like, hey, man, I'm not, ta- I'm not telling you to come play football. He said, just come to the weight room and work out with me. Like, just get in the weight room and work out. We started to slam weights, and I started to like lifting, and all of a sudden. And then I hit, I hit puberty, coincidentally, in that year and grew six inches and gained 60 pounds – and a lot of my speaking is just to what you just said, though, is like like being Eddie Shattuck's coaches because I coach high school football now. Like we need to find these kids that need us. Like we need to find – we need to be Mark Watson to some of these kids around us that need us that just – they need a little direction. They need a little guidance. They haven't gotten it. And so it's 100%. It's just like, man, anybody that's been successful in any field. Like you hear them speak in the Hall of Fame speeches – what are they, they always yeah. do the same thing. It's it's exactly yeah. spot on. Like it took an army to get me there, and there's just so many people that influence your walk and influence your direction. That's that's really cool. That don't get publicity.
0: So here's this Davy Pollock just bouncing off the walls, then grown into just a grown man becomes a dominant player. Jesus grabs a hold of him. The, the word grabs a hold of him. His senior year. How does that impact? Because this podcast is the crossroads, the intersection of faith and sport. So then how does your faith start to <laughs> encounter your sport, your activity, your competitiveness? How do those things start to blend together?
1: Well, I, I think it's tough because I'll never forget the, the first you know, week I became a Christian. The first thing I did, I went to school and we had a thing called Lunch Aid where, I, where I'm from. And you have all the lunches and you break up fights. And I'll never forget, I was sitting at a table with me with my school. And I was like, they were cursing. I was like, hey, man, stop cursing. And they're like, What? And I was like, we don't need to be talking like that. And and little did I know, five minutes later, I got upset. Something happened, and I'm like, blank, blank. And I'm like, crap, you know, like. And so I, I slowly, I started my journey, and I started to realize. But it's just like anything else; it's a process. Like it was a process to learn how to handle myself. How to walk the walk. Like I started to learn what the, what the answers to the test were, but I also realized that I, I also continued to fail. And so having people in my life that um, – and to this day, man, that, that holds you accountable. Like I don't want to be – I don't want to be around people that aren't going to hold me accountable. Like, I don't, I, I don't have time for that in my life anymore. Like, I want to be around people. If I step out of line, man, they, they will absolutely say, hey, man, you don't talk to your bride like that. Hey, you don't talk to your kids like that. Like, And so going to Georgia with Coach Rick, with Kevin Hines, our team chaplain, starting to plug in, starting to memorize scripture so I could guard my heart, so I could put that in my heart and realize when I feel anxiety, God doesn't give me the spirit of fear but of power, of love, of a sound mind. Like, So I was – I started arming myself so I was ready to fight battles, man. Because it's not if it's in, it's not if it's when. And so I, I started to learn, you know, along the way those traits and those things. And listen, put, football is an unbelievable teacher, and unbelievable to to to, to fight, facing discipline and winning and losing and highs and lows and showing up when you don't want to show up. Um, but I I started to learn in my faith journey, like how to start to fight my battles and to go win my battles. And, um, and I also realized just like football, it was going to take a lot of losing and a lot of messing up, which later turned into gains and wins. And, um, so it was just, it was, it was a, it was that sanctification process, just like with football that you're, you're getting beat up and you're, and you're learning it and you're arming yourself along the way.
0: Yeah, probably not coincidence. Every single time we do these, uh, guess what the, the sermon at church was yesterday, man? Pastor Jeff Schwarzentrop brings the absolute truth and word in Denver, Colorado. It was on the armor of God, you know?
1: Ephesians, baby, putting on the armor of God.
0: Oh, Oh, it was so good, and, his, and he was an old quarterback at Illinois, <laughs> and I was like, man, I wish he had a whole football uniform on right there. I think I did, actually, at one point. I've done an outreach at a high school to some, some youth sports, and I brought my football uniform, and I was like, belt of truth, right? Breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, um, shield of faith. Right, you could put on the whole uniform, and Davey Pollack, you did, and you were an All-American in Georgia, right? So you take this faith, you take those relationships, you you take success on the field, and then you're a first-round pick to the NFL, right? Take me, take me down that journey, take me down that faith journey, and ultimately, then what happens to you as an NFL player.
1: Well, I, I, since I was six years old, anybody who would listen, I told them I was going to play in the NFL, and it was amazing—the pats on the head. Um, it was amazing. The condescension, condescension. It was amazing. The doubt and all those people. And um, it was so cool because, you know, um, I, I always I tell people when I go speak, I mean, don't let people tell you what you can and can't do, because God can do amazing things. And I had hopes and I had dreams. But like, I've I definitely I've definitely came to a point right there where it was like it was the culmination of all the work. It was the culmination of all the people that help you get there. And, you know, with the 17th pick, I get drafted and uh, it sucked, man, because I had a hat for every team on the draft. And so the one went and I threw it down the steps and two went, I threw it down the steps and um, it sucked because the Texans actually traded out, traded back in. So I threw the hat, I had to go get it, come put it back on just to throw it back down the steps again. Um, uh, And then I got drafted and, and went to Cincinnati and started my journey. And, it was it was cool. Um, my second year, I was ready to rock and roll. I told my wife, "I'm like, listen, we're not going to Hawaii until I go to a pro bowl." Like, really confident, um, you know, really excited about the future. with My coaches, all that stuff, and I went from defensive end to def to, to linebacker in in the NFL. And it was a transition. It was a little bit of a struggle, but again, nothing I hadn't been through. Because when I signed with Georgia, I signed as a fullback. Everybody got hurt in camp. I played defensive tackle as a true freshman. As freshman year of spring, everybody had four guys go to the NFL. I go to defensive, I go to defensive end, never played defensive end in my life. So I, I, wasn't, I didn't care and I wasn't scared to work and I, and I knew my coaches would put me in a position to succeed, but I ultimately knew that whatever I bring to it, it's going to be. And started to have success. And my my big goal was to, to bring physicality. Like, my second year, I never tackled in space that much. I was always close to the line of scrimmage, close to people. And back then, Brock, you remember this. This is when you could actually hit people. And, and you didn't get thrown out of games. It was, like, really cool. It was fun. Um, and, and I like what they've done cleaning up the game. But, like, you were trying to make SportsCenter knockout hits. And so I got – I got an opportunity in my second play, second game, um, and, and I, was, I, was, I dropped back. It, it looked like it was a pass and it was a draw, and I come up and I strike Ruben drones with everything I had. And it was the first time that I couldn't get up. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, you, you fall You get stingers all the time in football. And yep. quarterbacks don't get them as much because they don't get hit as much. But, anyways, sidebar.
0: No, I, I, I got, I got one. Well,
1: you, play, you, you also played back in the day when you could also get hit.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Not like two and touch quarterbacks now. Yep. Um, but, 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 uh, I got, a i got. I thought it was a stinger because we'd all had those, and yep. uh, the only difference was I couldn't move my arms, and I felt like it was when you fall asleep on a pillow and your arms fall asleep and you can't move them. And man. Yep. Um, you know, de- definitely fear. Uh, definitely like, holy cat, crap, what's going on? And they take you, you know, right underneath the the the, the stadium. They had a X X-ray machine, you know, all the MRI, all that stuff. They cut my pads off me. They cut my helmet off me. And um, come back in, and he was like, hey, man, you got a fractured C6, C7. I was like, cool, bro. Was that? was that a couple of weeks, like a couple of months? He was like, that means you broke your neck. I was like, ooh. I was like, can we stick to the fracture C6, C7? Because that sounds a heck of a lot better than a broken neck, dog. And, um, and, and I knew it was serious. Um, and, and I knew it was going to be a long process. And um, never forget that the putting the back of the ambulance, my bride joins me. And, and I'll never forget. And I, and I can still feel the emotion to the, this day, man. And my eyes well up a little bit. But I can just remember going, there's a good chance this is the last time I ever put on a uniform. And for someone that had told you since he was six years old that all he was going to do was play in the NFL, um, I'm not going to lie, that was scary. You know, that was something that I just couldn't have ever dreamed up, couldn't have ever known was going to happen, and um, hit me right between the teeth, you know, right in the eyeballs. And um, so that was, I, I literally went from fulfilling my dream to, to what I wanted to do and being there to now no clue, no next steps. Um, you know, feeling came back in my arms within a couple days. I was feeling pretty, pretty normal, uh, get a halo drilled in my skull for, for four months, um, neck brace for the next six months surgery, neck brace for a year. Um, so it was a long, you know, drawn out process, but, um, obviously you'll have, you'll have follow-up questions to that, but, you know, basically dream to, to dream God and in, in, in one hit.
0: So the feeling comes back, the uh, initial halo comes on at that point. Do you know, like football's done or is it a, hey, let's heal. Let's see what the Lord does. Let's see how this process unfolds. Where are you in, in the wife and the prayer life and the accountability and the mentors and where is everybody through those steps?
1: Well, I, so many things happened during this time that was so unbelievable and, 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 I, and I'm seeing it now with my current situation, but just God shows up and shows out. And um, me and my wife, so I want you to go, Brock, I want you to think about this. This is my first year of marriage. I got married in May. I break my neck in August. Or, oh, yes, no, September. September 17th. So first year of marriage, honeymoon phase, for better or for worse, married to an NFL player, life is awesome. Halo can't do anything for himself for four months, four or five months. My wife's cleaning my, my scars every single night, my my halo, every single night. She's got to give me sponge baths, which weren't the worst thing in the world. Come on, baby. Um, but, but like, I, I think that, man, you just talk about like God going, did you notice what you have? Like, do you see how great this woman is? Like. It, it was really, really incredible. Like finding out really quickly who's in your life for the right reasons and who disappear. Man, it happens like that. Um, so it, it just it, it was a, it was a huge lesson. But it, the, the verse that continues to to be used for me today that that hit me in the face during that time because again, I'm t- I told you about ADD, Dave, running all over the place. If I had an extra thirty minutes, I'm gonna go run a mile, run a couple miles. I'm gonna go work out. I'm gonna play video games. I'm gonna do whatever. Like. I'm going to be distracted, focused, gone, blah, 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 like all over the place. And, um, and God said, Psalm 46, 10, I believe God said, be still and know that I am God. And what an unbelievable opportunity, because you know what, when you don't slow up enough in your life, when you want to go from busy to busy, to busy. So you come home from work and you go to TV and we just get enamored with noise. And we we honestly get uncomfortable with silence. And you know what? It's really hard to hear from God when you don't get still. It's really hard to hear from God when you don't take enough time to actually listen. It's hard to hear from people. It's hard to hear somebody if you ain't listening. And man, God said, be still and know that I am God. And I've never learned so much in my life. And I, I used to tell people all the time. And I mean, obviously, I've had kids since then. and But um, it, was the, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because... I learned at 23, man, like I learned at 23 lessons that I would have never learned until I got older. I would have never learned until I had kids. It made me a better father. I didn't have kids. It made me a better husband and I hadn't been a husband, but for a year. So it it was really incredible. The gifts that God gave me from, from the hit and from the, I think a, a perceived what people would say, Oh my God, that sucks. That's terrible. Something like that would happen when. I'm like, man, oh, man, I'm so thankful that happened because I got X, Y, and Z out of it.
0: So you ultimately, you said had a surgery. Was that to fuse then the neck?
1: Yeah, I fused my C6, C7. And listen, and to back to your original question, I said if I was not at more risk than anybody else, I would play football again. But in the grand scheme of things, when they fuse vertebrae together and your range of motion shortens – your your flexibility is not there, and if it, something happens again, then guess what? It's gonna it, it, it'll break quicker. Um, and man, like I had two main goals growing up. Like I wanted to be in the NFL, and I wanted to be a daddy. Like I've always loved babies, loved kids to this day. I do, and I wanted to be a dad. And when you get your your hands that don't work for a little while, and you nick your spinal cord, and and things don't work really well for a while puts things in perspective really really quickly. So if they couldn't tell me that I wouldn't come back and after a little while it was pretty apparent like that, that they weren't going to tell me that.
0: And then the Lord op- the, opens the media doors, right? So, how, how quickly then how how quickly then thereafter is all that unfolds and you're figuring out your next steps and phase of life. Yep. And I'm sure coaching was a part of it then, as as it certainly is now. And and what road do I want to go down? And all this gifting and all this wiring and all the things that the Lord has made me is then you start to figure out what's next. Lord just opens those media doors.
1: Oh, how cool was this? All right. So listen to this, bro. I'm sitting there in the living room. I'm watching the Georgia LSU championship, like the, the run to the title that year. And I'm watching an LSU member won the conference championship. Georgia had lost. And I'm watching Kirk Kirk Street on television. He's saying, you can't play for a championship unless you unless you won your conference. And I'm sitting there yelling at the TV screen. And I'm like, that's bull crap. What are you talking about? And I'm obviously a Georgia homer defending Georgia. Like, I'm a Georgia player. Um, call my agent the next day. I said, hey, guys, if I can't play football, I want to try the media thing. And they're like, what? why? Like what? I was like, I think I check a lot of the boxes. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. I'm opinionated. I was like, I think a lot of this, a lot of this stuff I got it out because I think I'm the smartest person in the room. I, I've got a lot of this. I got a lot of this going for me. Um, so I actually go, uh, sit in at a radio station in Atlanta and I sit in for, uh, one show for three hours. And, uh, they offered me the radio afternoon drive show the next, uh, the next day. And this was, I was still living in Ohio. So my son was born uh, in Ohio because my wife was pregnant. He was, she was born in Ohio. And then a week later after we were in Ohio, we moved to, to Georgia, took the radio gig, started doing radio, uh, climbed on some local television stuff, did, uh, did local Fox SEC gridiron live. Ain't nobody ever heard of that. It was late at night. My mama didn't watch it, so I know y'all didn't watch it. Ain't nobody watching. (laughs) Um, Start doing SEC Gridiron Live. I get a voicemail on my phone that night when I get back in the garage to check out. I look at my phone. Missed call, Kirk Street. Kirk's flipping through the channels in Ohio. Ohio. Found something. This wasn't social media days either where you had these clips and stuff that you could find. Finds the show, and he was like, dude, you're good. Left me a voicemail like he was like I just love your passion for the game of football. He was like you're learning you got a lot to learn. Blah blah blah. He was like but I can tell when I watch you you love football. And um, he was like I want you to you know you should come on you know college game. I was like yeah in tomorrow like just give me give me a ring. He was like we're in Corvallis this week Oregon Oregon State. I remember the game. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Like, he was like, no, no, I didn't mean to actually invite you. Like, I'm saying, like, you can, you can, like, we can, like, beam you in, in the satellite. And I was like, oh, crap. I'd have been there too. Um, and, and then he was like, you should try, you should give ESPN a try. And then the next year for the, for the season, I got to go meet with ESPNU, met with ESPNU, started to do similar type things, you know, rap, stuff like that. And then College Game Day expanded to four hours. And when it first expanded, it was one hour on ESPNU well, obviously the guys are not going to do ESPNU. So they're like, we need somebody to do ESPNU. And they chose me and didn't deserve it at all. Not even close to deserving it. They didn't put in the, the time that a lot of other people had put in to, to possibly earn something like that. And then they, it eventually goes from uh, to four hours on ESPN and they expanded and They're like, hey, stick around. And I was like, sure, absolutely. You got me. And uh, continue to grow in that role and and do television for for a long time.
0: And all the while, your marriage is growing. Your family is growing. You're making uh, inroads down there in Georgia. Home becomes Georgia, I'm going to assume. Yes, sir. And uh, now fast forward to you and I spending i don't know the last six seven months trying to text trying to connect trying to find the right time to do this podcast you know season i think six or seven of whatever this is of above and beyond let's get it going all aboard let's make it happen schedules challenge changed and then espn decides well really disney decides to uh tell espn what they've got to do and my friend david pollock gets let go and now there's time to finally do this podcast. Now there's time to finally connect. Now the rubber meets the road, right? Now, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What, what's David Pollack going to do? And all I see you doing, David Pollack, is praising the Lord over and over and over. And every platform you get on, and in fact, I just was chatting with a friend of mine, like, man, I love Pollack. I love how he's just walking with the Lord in the circumstances, how and why are you doing this?
1: Man, we
0: already talked about
1: the, the halo and how God brought us through the halo and brought us through that time and then brings TV. Um, listen, first of all, I have no clue what was coming. I, did, I didn't have a clue what, what, what would happen. Um, and, but I remember where, I remember being in the kitchen and I remember what happened. And I was like, "Oof!" I, I remember actually when my phone rang, one of the guys called me and I was like, I know what's about to happen. Like, I was like, I know what's about to happen. I don't know why, but I was like, I know I know what's about to happen. um Could feel it, got luck go. Here's what I'll tell you, man. Here's what's so cool. And again, God's showing off again, because here's what happens in life. And this is where I'm at, and this is what God's gonna do and what's gonna use, and I'm continuing to learn and grow. But you get on your tricycle in life, we get on our bicycle, all of us, and we ride our bike, man. And we ride the the bike of life. And we're just going and going and going. And boom, something happens. And boom, something happens. And we just keep pedaling. And and do we slip? Yeah. Do we do we hit a mailbox? Yeah. But we get back on our bike and we just start pedaling. And and I've been doing that with my work. And, And I could do it in my sleep. Like I could turn on a game. It used to take me hours and hours to break down a game. And now, you know, I could do it so much more quickly. I could watch something real quickly and see something quickly. And I got very, very comfortable and you know now espn decides to make a decision they release me and i just remember like the, the first thing I, I told my wife and she's like whoa and and i was and she's like well how do you feel and i was like okay was like i'm not worried like i'm not scared i was like i, I you know you, you worry about your income that's the first place your mind goes like can i provide for my family but i'm like if god has brought me to this if god's brought me first of all to georgia like a three-star recruited kid, okay, you play three positions, you go to the NFL, you're a first-round draft pick, bye-bye, it's gone, now you go to college game day, like, how the freak does that happen, you know, like, I was like, baby doll, I can't imagine what he's got next, I just can't fathom, whatever it is will be absolutely amazing, and it will be awesome, but... But what I've, what I've started to learn is I got on that tricycle and I rode and I rode and I rode and you know, at at some point down the road, the art of the possible shut off in my brain and I stopped thinking about what I want to be when I grow up. I stopped thinking like in 20 years from now, what does success look like in your life? Like 20 years from now, all y'all that have jobs, that have occupations, that have things you're doing like 20 years from now, what are you going to lay your head on the pillow and go, bam, that was success. And so I call it, and I don't have anything else to say. I don't know why this came to my head, but I, when I was thinking, when I've been thinking about this, it's just, I, I've been, I've been talking about the art of the possible and I've had so many freaking kick butt conversations with so many cool people. Um, but I think God used every bit of my circumstance, every bit of what he wanted me to do. And he took my platform and he expanded it and then he expanded it for one reason. And that reason is to go continue to spread to continue to spread the good news, to continue to like, listen. Sure, did I want to get fired? Nah, bro. Ain't nobody want to get fired. Like, making a good living, doing something that's really, really fun, traveling the world, like, get a lot of perks that come with it. But that ain't who I am. That's something I do. And the cool part is, bro. I started in college, and I started my faith journey, and I told you, and I was spoke at FCA's. In the last couple of years, I've been speaking at FCA's, and I've been speaking at churches. And you know what's really, really cool? Here's something that's really cool. I had a chance to walk it, bro. This is you. You've been you've been you've been pouring into people for years and years and years. Stay faithful. It's just a tough situation. God's going to show you something. All right, dude. What are you going to do? You just got punched right in the mouth. How are you going to respond? How are you going to answer? And so the art of the possible is something that's in my brain. That's been crazy, awesome, cool. And I can sit here and tell you the conversations I've had with people. I mean, it's blown my mind. Like. The people that I, the people that I've had the privilege to talk to after this, and it's been incredible what God's done. But how about this? This is my favorite thing so far of why this has happened. Okay, here's my life since my babies, babies. My son's fourteen, about to be fifteen. My daughter's third or uh, she's thir- she just turned thirteen. Here's been my life with my kids. Bam, 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 bam. You know how many potholes we've hit? Not very many. God has blessed us like crazy. You know how Mm. awesome it was to go, hey, Nicholas, Leah, daddy got fired. That was an amazing conversation because I got to sit down and go, I got fired. I just got kicked to the curb. What are you going to do? I don't know. But you know what I get to show my kids now? Obedience. I get to show my kids like I, I get to go pray with my kids and be like, God, where do you want us? Like, where do you want to use me next? Where do you want to use this family next? I get to model it, not just talk it. And Mm -hmm. and we can talk till we're blue in the face. But the bottom Mm -hmm. line is, we've got to model it for our kids. If you want your kids to turn into something, it ain't about show. It ain't about telling them. It's about showing them. And this has been the coolest opportunity. Like going to bed the other night, I was like, "Nicholas, hey, buddy, pray for your daddy. Just pray for me." Like, and just showing him, like, "Hey, I fail. I get kicked in the face." I get knocked down. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep serving God like because I know he's got my back. So I think the art of the possible has been so cool. The conversations I've had have been so cool. And then showing my kids what struggle looks like while giving obedience, man on man, golly, it's been awesome.
0: You know, it's interesting, Davey. I'm a little ahead of you, just kids age wise, journey wise, right? My girls are both in, in, in college now and pursuing their dreams. And it's so fun to watch them go through peaks and valleys of their athletic career. And it's so interesting. Molly, Molly my wife, uh, we talk about this, right? between and you're just right here in this moment right now which is such a blessing to talk to you and thank you for pouring your heart out in it but this like okay we got to take the wheel right like okay this is our wheel man this is our hard work this is our sacrifice this is a David Pollock in the weight room putting on all that muscle and David Pollock doing what's ever asked and David Pollock transitioning from all these different positions like and I'm you know I'm gonna be an NFL player I'm gonna go for it, and I got my hand on that wheel right like I'm driving that yet at the same time my wife always says this beautifully much better than me is do we still have an open hand? Sure. Like, do we still have an open hand? Like, Lord, just, hey man, I'll grab that wheel and I'll go for it, but equally, to your point earlier about having the rest and the quiet and the time to also take your hands off the wheel, no Carrie Underwood here, but just take <laughs> your hands off off the wheel, have an open hand, and say, all right, like, Lord, really, what do you want to do? Like, I'll grab this wheel, Damn. but do I have an open hand to really listen and follow? And it's some of that crossroads, right? It's not even sport and faith crossroads. And and I'll tell you this,
1: and this is somebody who's professed their faith and and talked to people for years and years and years. I I, I didn't. When I say that, my journey, I I was just driving. So I I don't – I had prayed more in one day for God to reveal his plans to me after I got fired than I probably had prayed in the last several years. And, and I, I'm just now it's, and here's the thing now. So here's the thing for all you that are out there struggling with the decision, struggling with the choice. What's next? What do I do next? Like my biggest thing right now, what did I tell you the verse I've already used? Be still and know that I am God. Like I'm going to listen. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to keep listening to the people that I talk to, but I'm not pushing a door open. Like I'm not shoving a door open. Like I want that door to fling wide open. And it'd be so clear and so crystallized that I'm like, that's my path. Like that's what I want to do. Because I've talked to years, to for years, to coaches and years to people, but and I just, I, I I love life, man. I love I love everything about life. And and because I'm not doing that anymore, doesn't mean I don't love life. And here's what I've said for years too. And, and this is an interesting part of my journey. Like what I did on television was awesome. It was cool. But I didn't have an impact on lives. And that's exactly why, Brock, I started coaching high school football. I I started coaching high school football a couple years ago because I I didn't have a relation. I didn't be able to reach inside the kids and and have a relationship with them and change their life. Like, you know, you know what? I know this, though. And this was really cool. After I got canned and and, and I got uh, I got so many texts from people that I worked with. And I'm not telling you like the people that I worked with on camera. I got so many texts from people behind the scenes that literally told me, you know, you made me a better parent. You made me a better father. Mm-hmm. Like you made you made me a better mm-hmm. spouse by the things you would say, by calling me out, by holding me accountable, by by walking me through things. And I'm like, I had a bigger impact than I thought. You yeah. I, I, and God put me yeah. in that place for a little while yeah. to go make yeah. an impact. But now it's like, hey, man, God. Just point me where you want to use me the next 20 years, the next 30 years, wherever I can be used best, but not for my glory, not for money. Like money's money. Glory's glory. Whatever you want to be like, I want to be in the best position to make the biggest impact on people and change, help change their lives and change the way they look at things.
0: Help me be a little more Mr. Watson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to plant and sow and be totally used. Uh, last thing here, Davy. Thank you again, man, for for sharing your heart in this time. And I know that this is going to encourage others. There was this this young man that's coming out of pro sports, and you know, trying to figure out what's next. And he's having a little baby here any day. and And he came out on the on the patio, and we had a long conversation. And the words of my late great pastor, Pastor Hutch, just were kind of in my heart, right? As he's speaking and he's figuring out, man, what's the Lord's will? What's going to be my next journey? I said, you know what, ma'am? You know what Pastor Hutch always used to say? As he was disciple us, he would say, you want to know the Lord's will? You want to know God's will in your life? What you just said earlier, Lord, truthfully, open-handed, if you want to open this door, open this door. And Lord, if you want to close this door, you close this door. And don't let me hold on to the handle. And don't let me put my foot in the door. And don't let me try to knock doors down. Lord, truly, if this is your will, if it's your will, open that door, close that door. And he looked at me like, is it really that simple? (laughs) Why haven't haven't I played that? Simple, (laughs) maybe not easy.
1: (laughs) Simple, simple, not easy, right? Because that's that's the hard part. The hard part is you, you can have patience for a little bit, but then you start panicking about Finances, you start panicking about. It. Is this is this the right decision? Is it not the right decision? Oh, what was that? Was that God? Like, you know. And I, and I think if we be still, if we take those opportunities to reach out, I think you have a really good chance of getting your answer. If you don't, and you're always just chasing, you're always busy, and you're not taking time, I just think that it becomes a lot harder to to get those answers. But it's great advice.
0: Last thing uh, for for you and for your beautiful bride and your kiddos. Uh, Because I know the community that tunes into and finds this podcast. And then I also don't know those that the Lord has for it as well, Davey, over the years. But via letters and cards and emails and such unbelievable encouragement. I love this as much as anything that I do. (laughs) I really do. Don't do enough of it. But man, when I get the opportunity, I love these podcasts. Because I know that there are believers listening to this and taking it in going, man, I want to pray for David. I want to pray for his wife. Uh, A, your wife's name. And then B, what do you want those, and what can those that take this in, what can they be praying specifically right now for you in these next steps?
1: Well, my wife is Lindsay, and my, my son is 14, almost 15. I told you it's Nicholas, and then my daughter is uh, Leah. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things, you know, it's interesting, Brock, like with our jobs, I, and mine specifically, I justified a lot of things in the moment. Um, I was like, hey, I only traveled during football. And I was like, and now I look back and, and now that this has happened. I look back. And I'm like, well, that's 17 weeks of being gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so I just think like my biggest, my biggest need, first of all, is that door to fling open. Like, is it to be, to be crystal clear, like where he can use me and then to be still enough too, to not want to go do everything all over the place, but to enjoy my, the journeys of my kids, man, because I know and you, and you would sit here and tell me like, they're going to be gone tomorrow. And and I'm and I'm watching that like right now, and I think modeling, you know, right now obedience, you know, dude. I, I tell you what, you talk about, and, and I and I'm sharing this. I don't know if it's right or not, but it's on my heart. Like we have pra- we had football practice, so Nicholas is a ninth grade kid, so he's practicing this this week and the varsity and them practice together, and um, we had practice at six fifteen in the morning all week last week six fifteen. Nicholas was up every single morning at 5 a.m. on the couch reading his Bible. Mm. 14 years old, man. Like, yeah, like I think my, my last charge to everybody out there is if if you'll take this in is we worry so much about sports. We worry so much about school. We worry so much about all these big, broad topics. Mm the one thing that I 100% know is going to be called the question is where are you going to go when you die? So we better be worried about their salvation. We better be worried about what their steps are. Don't tell me like church is a priority. Show me. Like don't go to baseball every weekend and and choose that over church because what you show me is baseball is more important. Football is more important. Basketball is more important than church. You're not modeling that. Like you're not showing them that. But like let's 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 do our best with our kids, man, to walk them through life to help them with their life, but not to take hold of their life like let's let them have their journeys let's let's come alongside of them, encourage them, love on them, but not like try to make everything happen and try to force everything to happen like be aware of who they're hanging out with, like you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with like be intentional with how you spend your – like because it's interesting. I'm, I'm a coach at North Oconee, and my son's there. I told Nichols, I said, buddy, you know I love you, right? He's like, absolutely. I was like, I ain't going to coach you. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to talk to you on the field, buddy. Like, I'm going to coach my guys and do my job. Like, I'm not your coach. Like, I'm not going to – I don't watch tape with my son. We don't watch, we don't watch tape. We're not watching practice and football because I've got – a spear of influence over my babies right now. And it's shrinking, by the way. And you probably can relate mm-hmm. to that. It shrinks mm-hmm. every single year, how much influence and how much privilege I get to speak into their lives. And I'm freaking using it, Brock, on sports. Forget sports, man. I ain't using it. on. I'm going to use this on the good stuff, man. Uh, me mm-hmm. and my wife's concrete thesis is like, we want to raise responsible adults that love Jesus like they have a living, breathing relationship with Jesus. And we're going to come beside him and we're going to help him on that journey. But like, we've got to do a good job of taking our hands off the reins, letting them live, letting them experience things. Listen, formulating their friends and, and which roads to go down, but specifically to dads, because I think a lot of dads probably listen. Like what Norman Kelly Pollock did had nothing to do with me playing in the NFL. And you're not going to change. You are more likely to turn off your children than turn them on to something successful in sports. Like, let them be kids. Let them love life. Let them ride their bikes. Let them go outside. Get their butts in church. You know, control those. Talk to them about the things that are important that they can control, not winning and losing in sports and all that stuff all the time. Because that I'm telling you, they're going to remember it. And it's gonna be something that they look back on. Like the most important thing in my dad's life was my sports journey.
0: Make it their faith journey. Yeah, Davey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for you know sharing. And I know that there will be those that listen to this and will absolutely be praying for your steps ahead. And then just personally, I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I can't wait to watch what the Lord has for you next because he got he got big plans for you, brother. So thank you.
1: It's going to be outstanding, whatever it is. I'm 100% certain of that.
0: Above and Beyond, the intersection of faith
1: and sports. Subscribe to receive every episode at AboveAndBeyondPodcast.com.